Our passion didn't start with the mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness and all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on your tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of people and truly the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with the other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. I am Dr. Kelly Tanner, and today I have one of my besties in the whole world, Misty Mesmer with me. Misty, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. How long have we known each other? 20 years, I think. Yeah. It's not a little bit longer. I say I might be a little bit longer. We um, are true partners in crime. It seems like we always are doing what, you know, with like-minded people or people who not necessarily think like you, because we definitely, I think, challenge each other's thought processes, don't we? That's the, that's the great thing about our friendship. But when you're aligned with the good, with the good work that you want to do in the profession, you end up in the same circles. Absolutely. So yeah, and so that's how we have evolved over our time and our friendship. Misty, what I always start with, the question is, why dental hygiene? Like, tell us your story about, you know, why it chose you or why you chose it. Well, um, I'm not real sure. I think it might have chose me. Um, so I was a senior in high school um, and was trying to do everything possible not to be in school. So um, my senior year of high school, I was um, in a work program where I got out at like 1030 or 11 o'clock, but I had to have a job. And so I worked in a dental office, um, front desk, just doing whatever they told me to do, answering the phone handwriting insurance claims, if that tells you how long ago it was, um, <laughs> on paper that had like the little things down the side that fed into the machine. Yeah. Um, and so I thought I wanted to go to nursing school, but a family friend was in the um, nursing program at our local community college, it had a rotation in the ER and had a decapitated patient. And when she told me about that, I was like, yes, I just don't think that I could do that. Don't think I can, but I still wanted to be in healthcare. And so I was working in the dental office and the hygienist there um, was an absolute doll. She was such a great mentor. She worked up until the day before she delivered her baby. Um, and I just remember thinking how 
how amazing she was. And um, so I was like, well, I don't want to do nursing, but hey, I'll do dental hygiene. And um, Dr. Sam Saunders said, well, there's only one program and that's Virginia Western and that's where you need to go. And so from that point on, I did my research on Virginia Western and um, by the grace of God was admitted to their program because had they really done any research on me, they probably would have said no. But um, I was able to get in and that's what launched my career in dental hygiene. So Okay. So you knew that you didn't want to be dealing with like some bad stuff, no. but you knew you wanted to be in healthcare and give back knowing you probably care for people. And then so you graduated from hygiene school. Did you go directly into clinical care? I did. Um, and I guess I was in clinical care for about a year and was like, I need to go back to school. Like, you know, um, I just loved my uh, professors at Virginia Western. So a big shout out to Ann Cornegie, Marty Sullivan, Paula Derbyshire. They were such great role models um, for me. And um, I didn't know what it entailed. I just knew I wanted to be them. And uh, so <laughs> I enrolled in a bachelor's uh, degree completion program. Um, in um, I started off in business management, thinking that I wanted to um, have that background. But um, throughout, I I transitioned to a human services program. And so my degree um, ended up being in human services counseling. And um, yeah, so I worked in private practice while finishing my bachelor's degree and uh, actually was hired before finishing my bachelor's degree as an adjunct clinical faculty. Um, and so I've just been in school ever since. <laughs> so human services, do you feel like the... I mean, that's such a part of what we do, obviously, just the clinical, but like the behavioral piece as well. Were there pieces that you feel like you use on a day-to-day -day basis when you're um, working with students, when you're working, when you're caring for patients that you were able to access that you maybe didn't get in your dental hygiene education? Well, you know, it was really interesting because the courses ranged from gerontology to substance abuse mm -hmm. counseling. And so while I'm not sure that I found skills that I use on a day-to-day -day basis with students per se. I think I it it gave me a lot of insight to the different content and um, really good nuggets for how to incorporate those things into the dental hygiene process of care. Um, so, yeah. And especially when the model of human needs came out. You remember that year when Michelle Darby and Walsh came out with the with a human needs concept where we didn't have a formalized way of caring for those human needs. It was all clinical and it was instrumentation and clinical outcomes, but didn't really put the human at the center of it. So, I'm sure that may have, may have been an exciting time for yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that that just took me way back in the way back machine of thinking about that because I remember I was a senior student. The concept had just come out and I was thinking, man, as a, as a student, what, I'm glad I don't have to learn that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, okay, yeah, I'm grandfather out of that, but man, it, you know, fast forward to now. So you were, you went back to school, you started out as an adjunct and then Where'd you go? Well, um, within a year, um, year and a half, I guess, um, my supervisor, she decided 
to um, move to Florida and they had a vacancy for the full-time local coordinator position. We were a distance program with Northern Virginia Community College. And um, so I was able to, um, I won't say I stepped into that role um, because I did have to interview and compete with some other folks on it. But because I had been an adjunct faculty there, I had really gained a lot of insight about how the program worked and that sort of thing. And so it was, I believe, July of 2000, um, I was hired as the local coordinator for the Northern Virginia Germana Community College's um, dental hygiene program. That's a huge step. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. And what do you put you on the spot? What do you wish that you would have known then that you know now to tell your that version of yourself? Oh, that's a hard question. Um I don't know. I think it was probably good that I was really naive because Hey, <laughs> mm, that's, that's, that's true. Because um I would have questioned myself way too much and mm. um, probably not been as much of the risk taker um, had I, had I been, had I been more knowledgeable at that time. Yeah. Because you didn't know what you didn't know. So you were making decisions and asking, uh, yeah. Asking for forgiveness things, right? instead of permission. <laughs> <laughs> I just taught my daughter that concept the other day. She's like, what does that mean? I'm like, let me break this down yes. for you. <laughs> but So with that, I mean, there's an element I think that carries over to where you are today. It, well, and in, in, in your life and in all of our future selves, right? Because we don't know. We've stepped out of that comfort zone. And that's in fact what you were doing at that time. You were stepping out of your comfort zone into something and we're into something new and we're going, okay, where are my boundaries here? I don't even know where those are. So I don't know that that, that sort of never, I mean, if you're, if you're comfortable with taking a risk, I think that it's like that in any situation. Because once you know better, you do better. But if you don't know, you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So then here you are, I mean, fine example of this too. You're such a visionary leader, Misty. And that's what I love about you and just watching you grow is that you started off in that capacity. And then you want to tell the story about where Germana is now with their program. Sure. Um, so yeah, ooh, I guess it was about 2010. My supervisor, who was like a mom to me, decided to retire. And um, at the same time, Virginia was um, initiating some regulatory changes for expanded functions dental assisting. And I thought, oh, I've got, I've got to like do something here. I've got to grow up and not just ride the wings of this dental hygiene program. We, we need to have this dental assisting program. The only way that we're going to be able to prove to administration that we could have our own dental hygiene program is to successfully operate a dental assisting program. And so um, with the a great team who put their minds together and a lot of hard work, we created a dental assisting program. And the way the board ended up writing the regulations, it could not be an expanded functions dental assisting program right off the bat. But we still have an amazing dental assisting program that I'm so proud of. Um, and uh, dental assistants rock. They're 
they're they're just such an unspoken gem and unrecognized gem in the offices. And they really should be credentialed for all that they know and the ways that they um, provide care to the patients. But so we ran our dental assisting program for a while. A couple of years later, we had a gentleman at the college who wanted to write um, a grant for the expanded functions dental assisting. And I said, you have no idea what you're asking, dude. Like, this is really big stuff. Like, I don't think we're ready. We're just launching this dental assisting program and you got to give me a little while. And he was like, yeah, but what if I write it? You just proof it to make sure. And I was like, he's like, just send me some articles and some research and I'll write the grant. So lo and behold, we received a grant to start our expanded functions dental assisting program. And so right now we're the only program um, in the Commonwealth of Virginia with expanded functions. And um, it's still a burgeoning um, type of program. The dentists in Virginia aren't real sure how to work with expanded functions dental assistants. Um, and so it's a little bit of a paradigm shift, but I know we're going to get through it and um, we're really going to be able to improve the quality of care um, that is out there. And um, have some great careers for folks as well um, that really do love dentistry. So once that happened, um, we were like, okay, it's time. It's time for us to launch dental hygiene. Germana um, was in the process of getting a new building and having the plans for a new building. And my dean, she said, it's time. You've got, she was like, now's the time to move. You've got to have that hygiene program ready. And so um, we put together a group of individuals. Kelly, you were one of them. We got together on a Saturday morning with lots of food and snacks and coffee. And we just envisioned it. What would it look like to go from dental assisting to dental hygiene? How could we marry these programs, um, still meet accreditation and SAC standards? Um, and, you know, a couple of people at the college uh, kind of letting me fly with these ideas um, is where we've gotten um, today. Um, and some spur, you know, a little bit of spurs to you can't know do it this way or, you know, um, don't delay because we had the pandemic come in and CODA said, well, we're not accepting any applications. So that delayed us a year. And uh, my dean said, well, it may delay them, but I know you can think creatively. How can you do this? So um, to my knowledge, we are the um, one of the only programs in Virginia in recent times that have had an accelerated program. So students who have completed our dental assisting program in the last three years, they were able to be selected for this accelerated dental hygiene program. Um, and we were able to transfer credit from dental assisting to dental hygiene where those things lined up. And those students will be graduating this December. So um, they have, they've completed an associate, they will have completed an associate's degree in four semesters. And so, um, and they have compressed those semesters. So they started last August, they went last fall, this spring, this summer, and they graduate in the fall. So in about 18 months, um, these, these all ladies at this point um, will have been able to complete that. And uh, we've learned some lessons along the way. And when we do this again, we'll definitely, um, you know, change things up a little bit. 
but um, those five students took a chance on me as well. Um, so uh, we've given each other a lot of grace uh, through this last year of, of launching and, and getting them through. I think that's so important too, to know that, hey, this is the first time going around. We're learning things together. And I find that it's even even in groups that have been formed for a little while, even if you have that openness to, to fail as failure is an option mm-hmm. for that to say, Oh gosh, okay, that didn't work well. What did we learn from that? But if you keep that, I think it's a mindset of where you are and the people that you're with every day to embrace that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the fact that, you know, I would never want to do anything that would, you know, diminish um, the dental hygiene profession. And I would never want to do anything that would not, um, that would not make those students successful. And, um, you know, you, you always hear when people say, well, you've got to trust me on that. That's usually like a red flag, not to trust that person, but trust is such a major piece of any team. And those students are as much of a part of my team as the faculty, right? I mean, honestly, they're the ones that are doing a lot of hard work and learning all of the material. We're just kind of setting up the infrastructure for them um, to be successful. And so trust is such a big thing. Um, and that that's a lot of stress too, right? Because you do, um, you're like, Lord, please, please let me have thought this out, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but until you put it in action, you you don't know. And you know, again, back to the point of it was in you to take that risk, and you saw it as, I mean, yeah, it was probably a little bit scary going into it, but you just, you believed in the fact that it could work and that you could pull it off and you didn't have all the answers, did you? No, no. There's a lot of test anxiety here because every time they take a test, I get anxious. (laughs) Yeah. And I was thinking about when you said that to test even and to proof that what you created can come to life and can work and does work. And, but look at what, look at what happened here. It's a program that started off as so just so our listeners who are listening the program that she started off with and 19 what did you say 19 the program started in 1998 yeah right so when you started that it was a joint venture program so you it wasn't your own dental hygiene program i mean you you ran it but it was a it was a distant site of that so then it went to a dental assisting program and then it went to its own hygiene program now to today, but now it has a track where you can be a dental assistant and fast forward into a dental hygienist because we take a lot of the similar classes. And so we had to truly make sure that those classes counted for those, if you will, like dual credits. And that's amazing. I mean, it's what an impact, Misty. And that's just on that. It doesn't even have to do with what you're doing on your volunteerism level and all the the free clinics that you're partnering with and what you're doing now going into the kind of the next stages of your career and your doctoral program. It's it's wild to look back and, and say, what was it that made me do all that? So when you look back again, like now, and you're like, yeah, I did that. Like what kept you going through that? Um, I'm just going to say trusting in my good Lord. (laughs) Um, I really uh, have to say that, you know, I 
truly believe that he puts you where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Um, and that's, that's really, um, the biggest thing, uh, because if I sat down and thought about it too terribly long, I would be like, no, 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 we shouldn't be doing this. No, mm -mm. I don't think it's going to be successful that that negative person. Um, but he knows to keep me busy so that I can't think about that kind of stuff. I just have to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't let you be still. Uh, no, not, not very often. <laughs> So you believed in it. You had faith. And I mean, cause it's, it was truly sight unseen, like what the, what the end product would be is it all played out. Right. Mm -hmm. So you leaned into that faith that you, and you had to trust yourself too. Yeah. Trust myself and also um, convince others. Right. So when students come and they're meeting with me, I have to help them see a future in dentistry that's not just the clinical hygienist that they've been used to seeing every six months when they go for their checkups, right? You know, I have to share with them, look, you know, clinical hygiene is amazing and you could go that route, but hey, I want you to go on. Think about going into dental education. I have a faculty member whose um, mom is actually I have two faculty members now whose moms are hygienists. And um, one followed her mom's footsteps, finished our hygiene program when we were associated with Nova and is now back teaching. She's completed her bachelor's degree. But I also have another um, faculty member who um, I've known her since middle school. Her mom was uh, is a hygienist as well. And um, she uh, has, I believe, a bachelor's degree with two majors. She's like uber smart um, young lady. But she came back and did our dental assisting program thinking, OK, I'll do dental assisting. It'll strengthen my dental hygiene application. And now she's teaching in the dental assisting program with us. And she's enrolled in the expanded functions courses that we offer. And she's absolutely amazing. And now she's asking me, so what do you think I should study for my master's degree? And I was like, anything, because you're a program director next. I see it in your future. <laughs> yeah. So, and how and how fortunate she is too to have you as a mentor, and then also to see that in her because we talk a lot about that on the show where it's, it's sometimes it's truly enough to hear it from someone that someone else believed that you could before you ever did it. Did you have that in your life? Maybe. Uh, you know, um, my dad was a huge influence on me, just um, encouraging, um, letting me know that. Nothing, nothing can stop you except yourself. So if you see something you want, go for it. Um, and then, like I said, I had amazing dental hygiene program directors and faculty. And, um, you know, uh, they, they saw something in me and just encouraged me. And, you know, there were things that I did miss out in hygiene school that I wish I hadn't of. But, um yeah, even after I graduated from hygiene and, and got into education, um, just there inviting me to a meeting about something, you know, that was enough to like, okay, I am supposed to be here. And, you know, and I was the young one, right? So um, they would 
give me that opportunity. And uh, that really meant a lot to me. So. Yeah. It meant that they believed in you and they saw something in you. So they didn't just tell you that they also extended, they extended an invitation to you to pull you into the group to say, we value your input, which is such a critical piece to that belonging, the sense of belonging and trust, I think, in the group formation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then now you are, so you're doing all of that and you're studying for your, you're doing your doctorate and tell us more about that. Sure. So um, I am, I think it's official. I can say I'm a PhD candidate. Um, (laughs) I think I have all the forms in um, that I'm supposed (laughs) to have in. Um, If not uh, after August 10th, when I defend my um, um, proposal. Um, So I am studying, um, I'm getting a PhD in community college leadership, but um, my dissertation is on the transition experiences of um, dental, allied dental um, educators. So as they move from a clinician to a full-time academician, you know, um, there is a theory in nursing, the nurse educator transition theory that follows about a five-year span of how one matriculates or transitions from bedside to an educator, to a nurse educator. And so I'm interested to see if we have the same thing happen in dental hygiene. And so um, I will be uh, interviewing new um, full-time faculty um, members on their experiences as they transition. And it is limited to community colleges because a lot of the research and data that we have um, is just very general, right? So you don't know, is it reporting out for bachelor's degree programs or certificate and associate degree programs? And so this will be really interesting. It'll be a nice first step as we look at what are their feelings and what are the things that they didn't realize was going to be expected of them as a full-time educator. Um, I know I've worked with some great hygienists over the years who um, they couldn't wait to get into dental hygiene education or dental assisting education. And then when they did, uh, they only lasted about a year or two years. It was just the expectations that they had were not the realizations of the actual job and position. Um, And maybe it's a Virginia thing. Maybe it's something specific to my institution. Um, But it'll be really interesting to see what um, novice faculty across the nation are saying. Yeah, that's, that's such interesting research. I did my thesis, I I know I told you this once upon a time, for my master's on how prepared dental hygiene program administrators were to assume their positions. And so it's, you're, you're asking a a different level of question as to, you know, what do they think it is? And how do we fix it? You know, and uh, what do they think that they're walking into? And then I'm sure there'll be a plan on the other side of how you address that. Exactly, exactly. So I'm hoping that it can be a springboard for us to better prepare folks who want to come into education. um, So they know what exactly is going to be expected of them. And there's some really good information out there already, um, just with terminology and things like that. But um, a lot of it, a lot of this is 
um, going to be on what their experiences are, what challenges are there that they didn't anticipate, and um, what sort of support have they found helpful as they've transitioned. And so perhaps it will really support um, newer faculty, and I'm sure there'll be, I I cannot wait to see what you're going to find out. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. What do you think that, what do you think, sometimes I think that people when they're in school, they learn much more than what just the content is. They learn more about themselves. What have you learned about yourself that's been interesting through earning your PhD? Well, my mom says I'm a good writer. I'm not sure that um, I believe that yet, (laughs) Um, but I'm trying. And you can do so much more than you think you can. You really can. Um, I I guess that would be the biggest thing. Um, You, there's just so it is. It's a journey, um, and it's hard to say exactly everything um, that you learn. Uh, You learn to be okay with not knowing the answer, because I do think that as hygienists, that's something that we struggle with, right? We Mm -hmm. like it black and white. We want that calculus gone. We want that gum tissue (laughs) tight. Like we know what our outcomes, what good outcomes look like. Um, And so I think, you know, one thing in the PhD program is like, just being comfortable that you still have more questions. Yeah. Yeah. You end up sometimes with more questions than you do answers, which is uncomfortable Mm -hmm. for us Mm -hmm. a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, and I feel like my first semester as in my doctoral program, it was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? There's no answer to this. I mean, how am I supposed to answer this when I was writing something and it, and I would end it with almost like, I don't know. So this is that we end up asking ourselves, what about this? What about this? And I'm like, I guess this is okay. I mean, so I just turned it in. Yes. And that's how it ends up looking, right? It, it's such a weird experience. Yes. And, you know, I think it's so important. Like, I think one thing that I've realized too is that healthcare is so amazing. Um, dental hygiene and dental assisting, they are so amazing. The things that they, the ways that we have been thought to think about assessment, diagnosis, planning, implementation, evaluation. Like, I feel like that's very second nature to us, right? It's written on our hearts. It's kind of how we operate as healthcare providers. And I didn't realize that everyone else in the world doesn't always think like that, right? And so um, I think that it's important for those of us in healthcare education to be a part of the team to be at the table when we're talking about student success and higher ed and what do things look like and how how do we know that you know um, students are being successful because I think that we've been taught in such a way that it makes that thought process like people are always like really you think like that and I was like yes I do (laughs) 
So, um, so I, I think that, you know, I think that that's another piece too, is that like healthcare needs to not just stay in healthcare, but we need to be at the table for lots of other disciplines um, to kind of give that guidance and thought process. Yeah. And perspective on, yeah, perspective yes. on the level of questioning, yes. you know, it's, um, it's, it's amazing what you learn, I think about yourself and how, how much, like you said, to your point, what you can do and how much more there is of you to give and what your mind is capable of thinking after you read something and you have these abstract concepts about things that you had no idea. And it just, it's this eagerness to say, I want to know more. I want to know more. It's just, you want to know more. And it, there's there's always more to know and to keep that open mind and then to then in your position too to learn it and take it back to the area in which you work and and fortify those people with what you know and say hey did you have you, have you ever thought about this have you ever done this or i don't i don't know it's just a, it's just a gift that keeps on giving i think exactly exactly yeah you know, we were teasing my boss that just retired because she would say to us, what would it look like if, and she's, and when she says that she has this twinkle in her eye and we're like, oh my gosh. Oh, but that's exactly right. Like as, as healthcare providers, that's really like, we are always looking at solving solutions. And I feel like in dentistry, especially because we're like that unrecognized piece of the whole body, right? And when right. people learn about us, they're like, what? Really? <laughs> you can, you can save a life. Yes, we can save your life. You know, yes. You know, yeah. we can make those referrals. Yeah. You know that. Yes. I had no idea. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. Absolutely. So amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. And for anyone who wants to get in touch with Misty, her contact information's in the show notes. And Misty, any final words for the viewers, listeners? No. Um, just go out there, follow your passion, give it all you've got. Um, because life is amazing and you won't want to miss a, a minute of it. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much for being on a show. To our listeners, thank you so much for your uh, loyalty every week listening in for the dental handoff. And don't forget to go onto Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, and then go hop on over to YouTube, like, subscribe, and share to all the people you love. Thank you for all that you do every day, my friends, and we will see you next time. 